You are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in on this Thursday. Got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk for the next couple weeks. We're going to be talking a lot of Squid Game. For those who aren't watching the Netflix reality show, you should be. And for those that are watching it, we're going to break it down. We are also going to talk about the spoilers that I released yesterday in regards to Joey's season. The Golden Bachelor finale is tonight. And of course, the Hollywood Reporter had to drop some hatchet job on Gary when they released a story yesterday that basically flew in the face of everything that ABC is presenting him as. I'll give my thoughts on that. Dancing with the Stars, because I just talked about the spoilers yesterday, I did not give my thoughts on Dancing with the Stars from Tuesday night. Going to talk about Survivor and hopefully get to the challenge as well. Lots to talk about today. We'll get to all that momentarily. Let's start here, and that's talking about Squid Game. If you've never seen the show on Netflix that came out in 2021, it's uh, from overseas, and it's in voiceover English, uh, English voiceover actors and actresses. And there are subtitles on the bottom of the screen, but you can watch it and listen to it. And there's no, I mean, there's no language barrier here uh, as in the United States. It's a very weird show. (laughs) We'll give it that. But it's a scripted show. It's like a, it's any, it's a scripted drama. I think it's 10 episodes long. And it's about people essentially getting kidnapped to play in a game that's, Equivalent to a reality show, but when you get eliminated from the game, you're dead. They kill you. Remember, this is just a TV show. Well, the Squid Game creators decided, let's do this in real life, but obviously not kill the players. They'll just be eliminated from the game. Last week, they dropped the first five episodes of the season. This past Wednesday, they dropped the last four. Yesterday, they dropped the last four. I mean, the the next four episodes. And then next Wednesday, there's only one episode left. They're down to three people. And there's only one episode left. The prize is $4.56 million because there are 456 players in this game. Biggest reality show ever, biggest prize. And it's fascinating. It really is. I love every second of it. So today on the podcast, the weekly podcast, podcast number, was it 357? Is that where we're at? I always ask you that, like you're supposed to know and respond to me right off the top. Um, hold on. Let me get the text from my graphics person. Uh, shit. Um, I should have done this already. I'm sorry. Uh, it is 367. Sorry. It is with player number 166 that was on this season of Squid Game. Her name is Louisa Warwick. And we talk about the conditions. We talk about her being on the show. Now, We recorded on Tuesday, so by the time we recorded, I had only seen the first five episodes. I did not, I had not watched the next four episodes, which I ended up watching yesterday. So, Louisa, you know, spoiler alert, she only lasted two episodes, but enough to talk about the things that happened and what she experienced on the show. So, the interview coming up, three podcast number 367 in a couple hours is with contestant number 166. I think next week we're going to talk, hopefully, at some point we're going to talk to Jessica Figgy Figueroa, who was on Survivor, um, Millennials versus Gen X. She was on Squid Game as well. She lasted three episodes. And 
I think we're going to talk to her next week. That's the plan, but obviously things can change. It just sucks because my podcast comes out on Thursday, and that show gets released on Wednesday. So I don't think I'm going to be able to talk to the winner on Wednesday. They probably have a lot of media that they have to take care of. But for those who haven't watched it and don't want to know and don't want to hear me talk about what ha- what's happened on the show so far, you're going to have to fast forward or mute right now because I am going to talk about it. So three, two, and one. We're down to three. We're down to my, Phil, and Sam. Now, this is the first season of it as a reality show, so it's a very small sample size, but to me, if we're going off the editing, it certainly seems like my is going to win this thing, just because I feel like I didn't know Sam or Phil until this batch of episodes that dropped yesterday. Did they ever get an ITM in the first five episodes? I feel like I knew who my was at least halfway through the season during that first batch last Wednesday. I don't feel I learned who Phil and Sam were until these these four that was released yesterday. Maybe maybe I'm off. Maybe I'm forgetting. Maybe I'm not remembering. But I feel like my has gotten, quote unquote, the winner's edit. But we don't know how the show works. This is their first season of doing this. Maybe they're throwing us off by making us think my wins by giving her way more camera time. I'm curious anybody that's doing the breakdown or screen time like Bachelor Data does on Squid Game. It seems like Mai's gotten the most out of those three in terms of camera time. Not to mention, she's playing a really good game. Phil, in the, um, not the circle of life, but circle of trust competition, the last one we saw, episode nine, Phil did the best because he was able to predict the two people that left boxes for him. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious about that. And I guess I wouldn't know unless I spoke to anybody that competed, any of the nine that competed in that particular game, it seems like you would know if someone walked up to your desk and left a box, maybe by their scent or, you know, I clearly, it just seems like there would have been another way, but I could be wrong. Maybe the show did something to prevent that from happening. Like, even if you knew somebody left a box, you still had to guess who it was. I guess my thing is the whole sound of where they came from, and when they're in that proximity to you, leaving a box on your desk, could you get their scent? You know, you'd spent a certain amount of time with these people, so I don't know, but I'm fascinated by the whole thing. I really enjoy it. I can't wait to see who wins next week. My guess would be my, but I could be wrong, and... Wow, $4.56 million is quite the take-home for a reality show. What's the biggest we've ever seen in the U.S.? $2 million when they upped it for Survivor, that one season that Tony won? Is that the most anyone's ever won on a U.S. reality TV show? i, I got to believe it is. But, I, again, I could be wrong. So I want to talk a little bit about the spoilers yesterday I gave out uh, for Joey's season. Now, remember, when I was giving them out, there was a group date in episode number two where I was like, crap, (laughs) I didn't do the process of elimination based on knowing who the nine women were on the first date, knowing that Daisy got the first one-on-one of the season and that Leah and Sydney did not get dates in week one. So it's all on the website. I had it up on the website, and it's going to be in the spoilers there all season long. But the ten women that were on that date and what the date was, it was a paintball date. Allison, Autumn, Krissa, Edwina, Jen, Caitlin, Kelsey, A, Medina, Marlena, and Star. 
and they went paintballing. There were, I did mention, two former contestants on that show that like helped out with it, and that was Demi and somebody else. I'm not sure who the other person was. I was only told Demi was definitely one of them. And then they made the girls on the date choose who got the one-on-one after, but apparently none of them could agree, so they just like drew names, and Edwina ended up getting the one-on-one time with him after the date, and that ended up getting her the group date rose as for everything else you know obviously you'll see it play out as the season goes on and you know and as for the ending it's me saying the same thing every year it's just look this is all I can give you obviously I don't reveal my sources I don't reveal how I know the ending because I'm not going to give people up Um, every season I hear the same thing at some point that somebody says oh that spoiler's wrong and it's the other person and it's just like okay you know it happens every season, and it's been, I think, seven or eight seasons since I had even the original person who won wrong. I think it's been – I can't remember the last season. I have to look at the, I'd have to look at the names. I, I know if I looked at the names of all the seasons, I would know the last one where I reported it and it, the original was wrong, and I was able to change it before the finale. But off the top of my head, I don't remember. I, it's, it's been a while since the first person I gave out is, hey, this is the person that wins, has been wrong. And I don't believe it's wrong, but, you know, obviously you sit back every season. And I wasn't there in Tulum, Mexico. I never saw anything with my own two eyes. I never see anything with my own two eyes. So technically, every single season, and not even technically, it's fact. Every single season, I'm relying on information of others. And clearly, 95% of the stuff I post ends up coming true, ends up being right. So... That's what I do for this season. You know, we just technically I'm not vindicated until the finale airs in March. So we are four months away and I'm going to be sure there's going to be doubters. And I understand because I can't prove to you how I know. Hell, even if I could prove to you, I'm sure that there would be doubters. They would find a way to be like, well, how do we know this and whatever? It's like technically you don't. So um, but yeah, that's that's where we're at. Joey and Daisy engaged, and just let the season play out and go from there. Definitely a little back and forth happening yesterday in the media world because yesterday morning, the Hollywood Reporter came out with a hatchet job on Gary the Bachelor, the Golden Bachelor, basically saying, look, how he's being presented on TV isn't true. They say he's a retired guy, but he's worked definitely since he retired at the age of 55. He's done this job, this job, and this job whatever. And then them saying like, oh, you know how he keeps saying he's never been with a woman since his wife died. That's untrue as well. We spoke to this woman who wants to go by the name of Carolyn. I think that was the name she gave Carolyn. Right. And she didn't want her name out there. And she said she was in a relationship with Gary. She moved in with him. And then she gave all these things that he said to her about before they went out to dinner, he would make her pay him. And then he would pay at dinner to make it seem like he was paying for the meal. Just the most bizarre story. Like, it it was a really weird story. And Hollywood Reporter, how about doing better than this? Like, you clearly were waiting till the day before the finale to release this, and you made it seem like you had some just absolutely crushing news, and everyone's going to hate Gary now. And it's just like, first off, does the Hollywood Reporter understand that the whole name and the job underneath the name on the screen, the Chiron, 
Does it mean anything? We've had people whose names get on screen, and underneath it, it says dog walker or dog lover. Like, that's not a job. We know that. And if Gary wants to say that he was, he hasn't been with anybody, hasn't been in love, hasn't been with another woman since his wife died, he has every right to say that. What if he was protecting the woman that he did date? Like, I don't know. I don't know enough about this, Carolyn. If she spoke to the Hollywood Reporter and gave them text messages and they saw this and Gary did date somebody, great. I don't care. Like, it's not a big deal. And they thought that they had this, like, gotcha moment. So then literally hours after that happens, we get an exclusive, quote unquote, from People.com where Gary says, I've dated a number of times since Tony passed, more recently than back closer to when she passed. For one reason or another, the attempts didn't work out. I could give you a wide range of reasons, but it really doesn't matter. I mean, clearly, clearly this was in response to the Hollywood Reporter's hatchet job that they did on him. He said he started dating right away after um, Tony died, and that wasn't probably the smartest thing to do. And then he went and saw a grief counselor and all that. So what Gary said on the show, I don't really know why he said what he did. Maybe he was basically forced into saying that by producers to make it seem more wholesome like oh wow this guy hasn't been with any woman since his wife and all this stuff to make it more special i don't know but gary just admitted in the people article i have been with women since it passed so i the thing is with the you know tonight's show and tonight's finale is going to be just like a live bachelor and bachelorette finale it's going to be jesse palmer live in studio with a live studio audience and them in and out of commercial breaks, them talking to people in the studio or Jesse just introducing the new clips. And then once it ends, we're going to have Gary and, um, you know, probably going to bring out Leslie first because he has to talk to her. She's the one that he dumped. Then they're going to bring out Teresa. They're going to talk about their journey, everything. I would find it hard to believe that Jesse Palmer is going to go scorched earth and bring up to Jesse anything about the Hollywood Reporter piece. I'd find that hard to believe. But... Gary's seemingly already addressed it because he did say to people, I have dated since my last relationship. And it's funny. The funny thing in here is he told this story. He said, quote, I've still developed one good, very good, very good friendship with one woman that lives about 40 miles away in Michigan. We realized that the romantic side of the relationship just wasn't going to work, but we seemed to maintain a nice friendship. So I feel good about that. If nothing else, some of the failures were offset by that one nice success, end quote. See, during the last two months, I had heard about Gary possibly not being with his final choice because he was dating someone in Michigan. Basically, I was just told, Gary's dating someone in Michigan. And I'm like, okay, but what proof do you have? And they couldn't really give me anything. But clearly, they were onto something because Gary just admitted he has a very good friendship. Maybe the woman thought it was romantic. Maybe she thought, I don't know enough about it. I didn't know. I didn't care enough to ask about it other than, well, what proof can you give me? And they couldn't really give me much other than this woman seemed to be like, it was just like, oh, it's known that he's dating this woman. But they made it seem like, oh, he's definitely not with the woman he chose at the end of the show, which clearly isn't the case. You're going to see him come out on stage tonight with Teresa and they're still together. So, and engaged. So I don't know enough about this Michigan story other than I had heard about this over the last two months, but I didn't do much digging because I has I was never told that he wasn't with Teresa um, or that he wasn't. Well, I didn't know about Teresa until a couple weeks ago, 
before that, I had always been told he's definitely still with the one he picked. I just could never nail down who he picked. So it's just kind of weird. It's it, and I just thought it was a real poor. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was very professional of Hollywood Reporter to do what they did to the guy. Even if you had quotes from a woman who wanted to remain anonymous, I'm I'm fine with that. She doesn't want her name out there because she doesn't want to be harassed. And trust me, you've seen some of the comments underneath my Instagram post of the Golden Bachelor finale when I announced that Gary is with Teresa. You read some of those things. 50, 60, 70-year-old people with Instagram accounts just shitting on each other, shitting on Gary, shitting on Teresa, calling them ugly, calling them plastic. It's ridiculous. So I don't fault the woman who went to the Hollywood Reporter for going anonymous and giving them a fake name. I'm fine with that. But she also threw in some details that were like, okay, but how do we prove this? How do we, how does she prove? And I understand this is her side. This is her story. It very well may be true. However, in 2023, you're just not automatically going to be believed when you say stuff. Hint, hint, Jane Doe suing everybody in Arizona. You're just not going to be believed just because you say it. It'd be nice if you provided some receipts. How do we know that every time they went to dinner, Gary had her pay him before they went out, and then when they got to the restaurant, he paid the full bill? Like That just seems like such a weird thing to tell a magazine, an online entertainment site. Just why would you share that if you're her? I don't know. I just thought it was a hatchet job. I love the fact that people within hours had an exclusive with Gary, which clearly was to combat that. And I think this is a whole lot of nothing. I would be shocked if they brought it up on the finale tonight. Did you watch Dance with the Stars on Tuesday night? They surprised all of us when the final five were up on stage and they were going to eliminate one couple. So we were going to get four couples in the finale next week. And the first couple they said was safe was Allison and I, I can picture his face, but I'm blanking on his name. You know which guy I'm talking about. The guy that used to be married to um, Emma. Um, that team said she was safe. So they start saying every couple that's safe, Charity is safe. Um, can't remember. The, uh, um, Jason Mraz is safe. So the last two were Ariana and Sochi. And you're just like, wait a second. One of these two is going home. And then they surprise and say, nobody's going home. We're getting five to the finals. And, I, you know, it's like, whatever. Okay, great. We all know Allison's the next one to go. And who's going to win this thing? Your guess is as good as mine. But, you know, when Allison, last night with the, with the point system and everything, I think Allison had 31 and the leader had 40. Like, nobody that has 31 in the semifinals should ever still be in the competition. Like, I understand they just wanted to give her a final spot and they just wanted to do some sort of twist. But if Allison somehow isn't the next person eliminated, it makes no sense. Then again, the Dance with the Star scoring system has never really been very transparent about anything. I know it's on their website and it's just so confusing about how they even figure out the scores of this shit. But we know, look, it's it's all about lasting as long as you can on the show, making as much as you can, because all you do is, yes, you win a mirror ball trophy and you get the notoriety of being the Dance with the Stars champion, get invited back to other stuff, maybe get to go on the tour, stuff like that. That's cool. But we all know the biggest thing is if these people were not paid, I guarantee nobody would sign up for it. Guaranteed. 
Like you're making good money if you make it to the finals. It's over three hundred thousand dollars if you make it to the finals because you get a base salary for going on the show, and then you get a bonus every week you last. So if you make it to the end, which is like ten weeks or eleven, twelve weeks, whatever it is, your total that you make is over three hundred thousand dollars. I think it's like three sixty or something like that. But if those people weren't making any money and it was just okay, I'll commit my body to this for the next eight to ten weeks in this in hopes to get a mirror ball trophy at the end and then some parlay it into some notoriety. You wouldn't get the people that you would doing it. So let's let's be real. I'm sure they all want to win because you put this much time and effort into it. Of course you want to win. All these people are competitive. But if there was no money involved in this, most of these people wouldn't be dancing. I could pretty much guarantee you that. Survivor last night was really, really good. Although I need an explanation as to why it went down the way that it did. Because we were supposed to believe that it was going to be maybe all girls versus the guys, and then maybe it was still all Reba was going to vote together, and then it was, what, Bruce and Jake and Emily and who's the other outlaw? Uh, Katura. Like, if, if they all voted along tribal lines, it was going to be a 4-4 split, but then Bruce was going to play his idol, and somebody, you know, whoever they decided, Mama C was going to go home. I Look, I got confused, and then when I saw the votes at the end, the four that went against Bruce were... Shit, I can't remember. <laughs> kind of defeats my whole point here, but um, anyway, it was a good tribal council. It was very, very surprising, because when Bruce didn't play his idol, you just assumed, well, he must know that he's not getting voted out. First vote, I believe, uh, the first three votes, I believe, were for Jake. And then there was one for Mama C. Is that her name? I, I, I might be getting the letter wrong. And Mama something. And then the next four were for Bruce. And you were just like, oh, shit. They blindsided him. So somebody convinced Bruce he wasn't going home, didn't need to play it. And he didn't play his idol, and he got voted out. But now you basically got four Rebas against three non-Rebas, and it seems like the foursome of Austin, Drew, D, and I'm totally forgetting her name. I'm sorry. The one they call Mama. She, They stick to tribal lines, Jake Katura and um, Emily are the next three to go, seemingly. So I guess we'll just see how it plays out. Finale should be in a couple weeks, but a really, really good tribal council because even that one had me scratching my head. And finally, on the challenge, we had Devin come back in the arena as a former legend because, well, we're bringing back legends, and Devin beat Callum. He picked Callum out of the blue. Nobody really saw that coming. Michelle's devastated because Michelle has been with Callum and that's her like boy toy and they had become a couple. Although the whole thing seems very bizarre because Callum literally said going into the game, he had a girlfriend back home. We even saw a couple times this season or maybe one time this season where he got to FaceTime with his girl back home. Yet he's sitting there in the game saying how much he's into Michelle and I don't really follow Challenge T post or on social media, post episode and stuff. I know there's tons of it out there. But the whole thing seems really, really 
I don't know. Maybe I should go check, or maybe someone can fill me in. Is Michelle still with Callum? She watched back the show. At what point did he tell her? If he never told her, she clearly saw the episode where he was talking to his girlfriend back home. Does she hate Callum now? Does she feel played? Did Callum dump his girlfriend for Michelle? Like, What's going on here? But the fact they didn't even address it was kind of weird. I thought they would at least bring it up or he would get caught or something. But the guy was literally talking about his girlfriend back home and, and called her. And even called her and didn't say, like, hey, I've fallen for somebody here. He was just lying to her face because he was with Michelle at that point or he was interested in Michelle at that point. So bizarre. But, hey, I loved every second of it. I love the challenge. I love the fact that they're bringing back legends to kick their ass and take their money. I think that's pretty cool. But we'll we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. I'm enjoying it, though. I hope you are, too. Go Horacio. Thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review if you can. I'd really appreciate that. Sports Daily coming up in an hour from now. In two hours from now, like I said, podcast number 367 with Louisa Warwick, player number 166 from Squid Game, which just dropped episodes 6, 7, 8, 9 yesterday on Netflix. Get caught up. You'll really, really enjoy it. I do. And especially if you saw the TV show and you like the TV show, the reality show is basically the same exact thing as the TV show. Same exact games for the most part. They just don't kill the contestants. They just eliminate them, and that's it. So check that out, and check out my interview with Louisa later on today or whenever you are done watching at least the first three ep- – three, at least watch the first five episodes and listen to the Louisa episode if you can. Thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it, and I will talk to you tomorrow. See you.